Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. I am so excited to be here and be able to share what God has on my heart with you guys. So are you guys ready to receive? Woo, that was a little delayed, but that was really good. You guys ready to receive? Amen. Amen. I'm going to try really hard not to let this come out as word vomit because I'm really bad at that. My husband's here, and um, I can't tell you how many times a day he looks at me like, like, a, like, like, you know whenever a machine malfunctions because it can't process what the heck just happened? I can't tell you how many times that happens between me and my husband. So I'm gonna try to not turn you guys into a malfunctioning robot, because when this starts, it just, it, it's, it's, just, it's just everywhere, all right? Are we all right with that? Amen. All right, so today I bring my whole books. Sorry, that's how I work. We're going to reintroduce worship. Now, worship is more than a song. It's more than what we do. It's more than 30 minutes that we, that we take on a Sunday morning. And I feel like culture somehow has, has gotten that wrapped up and, and, and we've gotten this idea that that's what worship is. You know, we have our worship playlist. You know, we categorize worship as a playlist. But it's so much more than that. So much more. So you guys are going to have to interact with me here. What are some ways that you guys worship that is not singing in songs? Man, not everybody at once. I'm sorry? Through work? What else? Hobbies? Art? Anything else? Giving. Giving, tithes, offering, fellowship in your everyday walk with God. Yes, sir. Yes, being yourself. That's amazing. You see, worship in, in, in the simplest way of putting it, it is the, here we go, the act of expressing love toward God with complete abandon due to the overwhelming understanding of God's love, grace, and mercy. Now, that is a really long way of saying that worship is you expressing love to God in your way. So, I struggled with this, and I've talked to Jason with this, because worship is such a huge, important thing. It's what we're created to do, right? We're, we are created to worship. Now, all of these things that we have said are great expressions of worship, but what I wanted to get down to is what is the essence of it? Where does worship come from? When does the act of singing a song become worship? When does the act of doing your talent become worship? And I've had that question for a long time because everything that I do, I want to do unto God, but if I don't know how to do it unto God, we get that line there. 
Where's, that, where's, where's the thin line? So today, I believe that God has a word, and we're going to get to the bottom of that. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I pray that, that everyone here, Father God, they just hear your words, Father, not mine, that the Holy Spirit come through me, Father, and that my words be your praise and your glory, Father God. Father, I pray that ears and eyes be open to your word, Father, and I pray that we, they receive it today. Father God, I pray that the Holy Spirit here is a discerner, Father, and that they help discern all the words that come from me, <laughs> come from you to them through me, Father. And in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Now, so we're going to rip this apart. Worship is the act of expressing love toward God with complete abandon. Now, the word abandon, I looked it up. I, I kind of went back and forth between surrender and abandon. But abandon means to give unrestrictedly. So to give unrestrictedly, holding nothing back. Now that means you're holding nothing back. You're not holding the good back or you're not holding the bad back. You give unrestrictedly. Everything you give, you lay it down to God because of the overwhelming understanding. See, here's a big thing. and We're going we're gonna to find this all here in a little bit. Understanding of God's love, grace, and mercy. It's amazing how God works because Pastor was just talking about how Love is the act of giving. Now, God gives first. Your worship is a response to God's love and giving. So you need to first understand the love and the grace and the mercy that God has laid down for you. And then your response is laying down your love, your life, in the form of worship through Jesus who is in you. I want to start in Romans now, Romans 11. Did you got that? Oh, man, those are small words. There's no little separations. All right, I'm going to try not to butcher this. So, in Romans 11.36, yep, there's no, no numbers in there, but that's all right, we'll get this. That's 34 through 12 through 1, but I need 36. So, you know what, I'm going to read it from my Bible. That cool? That cool? Let's see. Oh, you know what? I have it right here. So, Romans eleven thirty six says, For from him and through him and to him, all things to him be the glory forever. Amen. So this is basically stating what, we, we've, already, what we've already stated. We are created to worship. But it says, for from him. You see, it was first given to us from God. He's given it to us with love. So in response, our response is giving it back to him for his glory. Now, we're going we're gonna to have this, this, this trend here. You're always going to see where God gives first in love, and the response is, is us loving him back and giving back. Now, I want to go down. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, service, 
the Greek word, let's see, no, is it Greek? Let's see, I'll have to look it up. I don't think I actually wrote the Greek word down, but when you look up service, service means worship. So you can say here, which is your reasonable worship. So I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, by his mercy on you, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable worship. See, Paul, Paul is talking about here in, in, in these verses. He is saying, look, God gives to you first. And then he goes on and says that you give it back because you are created to worship. And then he tells you how to worship. By the mercies of God. You see, we worship because he first gave to us and we understand the mercies that we didn't deserve in the first place. So as a response, out of a loving response and the understanding that we are given this mercy by God, we lay down our lives as a living and holy sacrifice. But I want to point something out. You see, as I kept reading and reading and reading this scripture over and over again, I got the first part. But then I hit holy and acceptable to God. And I sat there for a minute, and I, and I, I muled this over my head a few times. And I thought, man, how, how do I go about being a living sacrifice and doing everything that I do on a daily basis unto God holy and acceptable? How do, how do I do that? <laughs> and God told me, he like, if, if you can like have a mic, you can like just drop it, that's like what God did to me, and it hurt real bad. But God told me, he said, you couldn't make yourself holy and acceptable if you tried. Ouch. Somebody say ouch. Ouch. If you're watching online right now, I want you to type ouch, because that is real right there. You cannot make yourself holy and acceptable even if you tried. So then how do we become holy and acceptable to God by putting our lives as a living sacrifice? Jason, I'm going to fall over this. I'm going to move it. Is that cool? I don't know if it's cool, but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> I'll get in trouble for that later. <laughs> so we can't accomplish that on our own. Now, we have to realize that it, it, is, it is not us who makes us holy and acceptable, it's Jesus who makes us holy and acceptable. See, this is where, where we get into some problems. We try to be holy and acceptable. We try to live our life every day. We try to present everything that we're doing in good works to become holy and acceptable when it's not even possible. So then what we do is we get this mindset that instead of understanding what God has given us in a gift, we start trying to earn it in good works. We start trying to live our day-to-day -day lives doing good works, trying to be holy and acceptable. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. 
Some of us Christians out here be trying to catfish God. Let's be real. You see, the problem with good works is that you're not being a living sacrifice. You're not offering all of who you are or all of what you've done. When you start operating in these good works, you start leaving all the bad stuff in the closet. The last time I checked, my Bible says to come as you are, not come as though you want people to think you are. See, when you leave all that stuff in the closet, you don't give them to Jesus. You hold on to them. Your good works cannot make you wholly unacceptable in the first place. It is the understanding that God's mercy is laid upon your life. His love, his grace is laid out for you. So how do we come holy and acceptable? Through Jesus. See, because Jesus comes in and he renews your mind and you become so, what is the word I'm looking for? So overcome by Jesus. We just got done talking about... um, Reintroducing the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is the advocate. He's not the advocate between you and God. He's not trying to advocate your your right into heaven. He's not trying to advocate your actions. He's trying to advocate how God sees you to yourself. Because God sees Jesus in you. So if you're walking your life and you have Jesus in you and you're being renewed body and mind and you're doing everything unto him, your reasonable service is right there because you are walking with Jesus. That is where your worship is. That is where it's at. Your work, your job, your talents. Jesus is inside of you, renewing you because you offered all. You see, that's it. It's, it's presenting your bodies a living sacrifice so that Jesus can come in and change you. Now, I don't, let's do this. First Corinthians 1.30, it's not up there. It says, because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. See, it's because of Christ Jesus who is in you. And you lay down your life because it was first given unto you through love, and you understand the love and the mercy and the grace that has been put on your life, so you lay down your life with love. Is that, is that coming together right? Is it? Is it? There's like two people who are like, yeah, and others are like, she's speaking Chinese or something because it's not coming out correct. Jesus makes us holy and acceptable. You see, because when Jesus is in us, then that's when good works come into play. I'm not saying that good works are admitted. I just don't want you to get this backwards. There's, there's, there's a way that this has to happen. 
Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Do I have that one? Okay, so. For, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not works. Least anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, you're created in Jesus for good works. You don't get the gift because of good works. You see, worship comes after Jesus. You've got Jesus. Now he's in you, changing you, and now your good works are prepared for God and that you should walk in them. You see, you're, you're, you're destined and God has prepared your good works. Don't get it backwards. First, it comes with understanding and knowing that God has given you the gift of life, love, grace, and mercy through Jesus and accepting him inside you and allowing him to change you from the inside out and then walking, focusing on Jesus, doing the good works that were set before you to walk in them. That is worship. That is your true worship. That's some good stuff. I need that. I need that. So like I said, laying down your life is the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all of it. Because it's a gift. You see, sometimes we struggle with, with offering the ugly because we don't want, want God to see it. We're Christians. We're supposed to be this, this strong front and not do anything wrong. That's just a lie. That's something to keep you from seeing real Jesus. If you don't feel like you can offer all of your bad to Jesus, I, 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 would, I would risk to say that you don't understand him yet. You don't understand him yet. You see, Jesus came to love you. We're on, the, we're on the grounds of worship right now. Jesus showed one of the most amazing, beautiful acts of worship when he died on the cross for you. He said, Father, not my will, but yours. Jesus himself walked in what God prepared before him. And he walked in it. Not my will, yours. I'm going to lay my life down. Here it is. Beautiful acts of worship. But it comes, it stems from understanding. It's an understanding of how much love and grace that God has given you. That's it. Yes, that is it. Understanding that. It takes such a big picture of what worship is and kind of shrinks it down. But let me tell you what, once you understand, once you, once you understand the weight of the grace and love and you surrender your life, 
then your money, your family, your health, all of that is surrendered to Jesus. Your talents, it all stems from right there. Took me a long time to find that. I have heard a lot of people talk about worship and I always felt like I was missing that one thing. You always hear, give God the glory, and yes, that is, that, that is it. That is so it. But man, how do you do that with everything? Every day, your work, how do you do that whenever you just wanna go beat the crap out of the person who just like hit your car? Yeah. Only people who laughed because they're like, man, I got you on that. <laughs> That's who laughed. <laughs> I get you on that. We're being real. Let's be real. Being real is worshiping the God because you trust him and you surrender to him your life, good and bad. If you don't surrender it, how do you expect him to take it from you and make it better? That's why he calls you to surrender. That's it, that, that's like the bottom line, you guys. I don't know how else to get more bottom line than that. Like if there was a line, there's like, there's no like Mila anything underneath it. Like that's the line, y'all. Surrender. And it's not a twist your arm surrender either. In the past, a lot of churches has gotten that wrong. It's not a twist your arm and surrender. It's a surrender because you understand the love that God has for you and what God has given you, the mercy he has appointed you, the grace he's given you is a reaction to the love. That's surrender. Complete abandon, giving all unrestrictedly, unrestrictedly. What time is it? Man, Jason, I'm kicking your butt right now. It's only 11-something. Now, I want to go into a story in Luke 7, 37, 50, through 50. And this is a story of a sinful woman. And Jesus is in the city, forgive me, I don't, I don't remember what city it is, but Jesus is in the city, and Simon, this guy who is pretty much trying to prove him wrong, invites him to his home. He says, come sit with me at the table. And really, what he's, he's, his, his really end goal is to be mean to him because he doesn't believe him. So Jesus goes to Simon's home. And this woman, who is known as a sinful woman in the city, she's known She's got a reputation for being the sinful woman. And that says a lot. The Bible doesn't say what she's done, but we can only imagine if the whole town knows what's going on. But this woman, as soon as she hears that Jesus is at Simon's house, she spares no time and she grabs her alabaster jar of oil or perfume and rushes to this house. And Simon is there, and he's like, what the heck? She bursts into this house, sees Jesus, stands behind him, and she just starts weeping. She begins to weep. 
And that, you know what, I'm going to read it to you. I don't want, I want you to take my word for it. Let's, let's read this. Let's see, where am I at? It's kind of long. We're going to read it all? You guys want to get the whole picture? All right, so let's do 737, Luke 737. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man, speaking of Jesus, in his head, he's saying if this man, a prophet, if he were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him. Now I just, guys, I don't know what I would do if I was standing right there and Jesus was right here. I have some horrible thought in my head and Jesus just looks at me and he's like, yo, I need to tell you something. I would be, I don't know what would happen to me. You guys are going to have to, I'm going to be in the closet for like 10 years because that's just the stuff that goes through my head. Yikes. So, <laughs> really? <laughs> I was waiting for one of those. I was, waiting, I was waiting for the amen. All right, so Jesus said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. Now here we're going to go into, and I think it's awesome that earlier that pastor was talking about the debtor and the collector. <clears throat> In verse 41, he starts talking about the parable of the two debtors and a collector. This is really, really, really important. So he says in 41, a certain money lender had two debtors. Man, that's the weirdest word to say, debtors, people owed him money. (laughs) Well, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? And Simon answered, this one, I suppose, for, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has forgiven little loves little. Now, there's a lot going on in there, but you got a big picture of what's going on. So now we can rip this apart. So, first off, Simon offered Jesus no water for his feet, offered him no, no olive oil, no oil for him, no nothing. And this is a common thing that happens around this time. That's what you do. You kiss them on the cheek. You, you, you give them water to clean. You, you give them oil for their head. This is a common thing, and Simon neglected to do any of it. But you have this woman who Simon clearly states is a sinner. She comes in weeping. Not only that, with her tears, she washes his feet. And with her hair, she dries them. 
And this alabaster oil, this is expensive oil. It's not just some normal oil that you can buy at Walmart. Talking like Dolce Gabbana stuff. Or is there anything better than that? I'm not a big perfume person. I don't know. Britney Spears, is that bad? I don't know. I don't know. Vogue, I don't even know the names of these perfumes anymore. Something that's in French, that's what this is. So, this is expensive. It's not just something that you got laying around. And she offers it to Jesus. The best of what she has, both from herself and her possessions, lays it at his feet, just, just gives it to him. Why? says here, let me see, in verse 47, therefore I tell you her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she has loved much. Now we need to be careful when we read this because it's not saying that she's forgiven because she loved much. He's referring to the parable of the debtor. She understands how much that she has been forgiven, that she loves so much. She understands what Jesus has given her, the gift of forgiveness and grace. So she pours out everything that she has, even though her reputation is of that of a sinner. She gives it all because she understands, so she loves much. You getting where I'm going here? She understands. Now here. Just as we can say that about her, Jesus says it about Simon. You see, because there was one debt collector who loved him more because he understood the weight of what he was being forgiven, but the other debt collector did not because he only was forgiven little. And Jesus tells Simon, you didn't do any of these things for me. You didn't do anything. You see, Simon, it, it goes on here. Let's read it here. Simon then goes on to say, who is this who even forgives sins? Simon says that in 49. You see, Simon doesn't understand the gift of Jesus. He's sitting here on trying to understand who is this man, who, who is this prophet who forgives sins? Who is this prophet who allows this sinful woman to touch him? See, he doesn't get it. Simon is not offering because he doesn't understand. But this woman, even though all she's done, she understands what Jesus has given her. So she pours it out in worship and she pours it out to him, the best of all that she has and the best that she is. Her tears and her hair she is using to worship Jesus because she gets it. She gets the gift that was given to her through love so she loves through worship back. You see, sometimes... I want to ask you this. Are you a Simon or are you a sinful woman? 
Now, Jesus says here, he's like, do you see this woman? Do you really see this woman or do you see her reputation? You see, a lot of times we like to see people's reputations and not the one who's inside of us, not the one who's inside of them. Do you see your own reputation? Or are you letting the Holy Spirit be your advocate and telling you and showing you that you are Jesus who's inside of you who is being changed from the inside out? What are you seeing? You see, Simon, if we go back, let's go back to Ephesians. Uh, not Ephesians, I'm sorry, Romans. By the mercies of God that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable worship. We've already discussed that it's not good works that makes you holy and acceptable to God. Jaira's enough, right? We just got done singing this. Jaira's enough. That means that I am enough because of he who is in me. It's not what I do. Now, don't get this twisted. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter what you do on a daily basis. Oh, it does matter. But what I'm saying is that who is inside of you matters more. Who's inside of you matters more. This is the ground of worship. Being a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable because of he who is in you. And then he who is in you paves the way for the good works that God has predetermined and predestined for you. Following Jesus, that is your reasonable worship. Understanding the overwhelming love and loving back in return. That's worship. Is that, is that, is that enough ground? Did it, is that... Is that Man, need some like yahoos or something up in here because there we go. Man, shoot. Now, I want to do one thing really quick. If you're struggling today and you don't understand the fullness of what God has given you, through Jesus, I want to I want to read some things that God calls you really quick. You know, the Holy Spirit is your advocate to you. Sometimes we can't see Jesus who's inside of us. So here's are something that some things that God calls you. John fifteen fifteen, He calls you a friend. Romans three twenty two, He calls you redeemed. Romans 8.35, he calls you loved. Psalm 3.3, protected. Psalms 138.3, bold and confident. Psalms 55 and 22, he calls you upheld. Ephesians, craft, masterly crafted. 2 Corinthians, he calls you free. In Ephesians, you're a masterpiece. In Deuteronomy, you're a treasure. In 2 Corinthians, you are a son and daughter. And in the Song of Songs, you are his beloved. That is who you are. 
Now, if you are struggling with that today, I pray right now that the Holy Spirit be your advocate and show you Jesus inside of you. Because let me tell you what, to God, you are all of these things. You're all of these things. Will you put the definition of worship back up there for me, please? Worship is the act of expressing love toward God with complete abandon due to the overwhelming understanding of God's love, grace, and mercy. That's it. That's it, guys. That's worship. That's what you walk in every day. The overwhelming understanding of God's love and grace. And your expression of love through abandon because you see the love and grace and you give it back. Because he is the only one who is worthy to receive it. And you see, you can't, you can't give something that God hasn't already given you. You see, God has loved you so, so enormously. How can we not give it back? How can we not give him the glory? That's worship. That is worship. As you go out through your days, remember that your worship comes through Jesus. Comes through Jesus and his love. And it's your response to that love. Amen? Amen. That's what we were created for. Created to worship. Created to surrender all to God because we love him. That's what we were created for. That is worship. Complete abandon. Giving with no restrictions. No restrictions. Today, pastor's already given the invitation to have a relationship with Jesus. And it's a beautiful thing. Understanding the love of God that he's given to us through Jesus. It's so beautiful. If you're here today, and you're struggling with being a Simon to yourself. I want you to understand that there is nothing that you can ever do to make God not love you. There's nothing you can ever do to make God's grace not abound on you because of the one who is inside of you. I want to pray with you today that if, if you're ready to, to, to worship with complete abandon and surrender all that you have, the good and the bad, I want to pray with you. And 
I want you to let the Holy Spirit be your advocate. And I want to pray that the good works that come from Jesus and the, and the good works that are planned out for you, that you can see them clearly so that you can walk in line with Jesus and let him change you. Father God, I thank you today, Father God, for your, your unexplainable love, your unexplainable grace and mercy that you have gifted to us through Jesus. Father God, I thank you that we, that you have first given to us so that we can give back to you in worship and love. Father, right now I pray that the Jesus that is inside of them, the Holy Spirit being the advocate to us, that the way is opened. Your word says that you have predestined good works for us, that we should walk into them, Father, and we know that everyone is called to something different. Father, right now I pray that everyone in this room be opened up and be shown the direction that you predetermined for them. Because walking in Jesus and laying down our lives is true worship unto you. Father God, I pray that as their journey and their relationship grows, Father, that they, that, that they are all consumed and renewed every day with your love and your grace. Because it's beautiful. And we thank you for it, Father. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love with you.